Ladies and gentlemen, this is Heavy Ham, and welcome to Hamcast. In this channel, we will be talking about everything that creeps us out, everything that keeps us out of the woods or puts us into the woods, everything from Bigfoot to Dogman to the Pukwudgie to the Gugwee, from the Native American folklore to the Egyptian papyri. We are going to cover it all. No matter how long it takes, from one episode to the next, we will intertwine our minds, our souls, and our demons. So, strap in, ladies and gentlemen. It's about to get bumpy. And we're back. Alright, my name is Heavy Ham. For those of you first tuning in, this is Hamcast. Today, In today's episode, we're going to talk primarily about the subspecies of Bigfoot. Now, I know many of you are thinking subspecies. Does that include Dogman? Well, Dogman is... Roughly included in that list, but no, he is not technically a subspecies of Bigfoot. When I say subspecies of Bigfoot, I am referring generally, and many would say ignorantly, to the bipedal primate group. And, um... I have to give a big shout out um, to one of my most favorite uh, YouTube channels and researchers. His name is Matt Squatch uh, Presents. Matt, uh, without you putting it completely into perspective for me, I would not have been able to piece all the puzzles together. Um... I actually caught a speech he was giving, and that was presented on another YouTube channel, UAMNTV. I follow, uh, that's how I found out about Matt Squatch, but I was watching the seminar, and he gave his spill about the subspecies, and his uh, rundown of them. And he actually said something in that uh, speech. He said his obsessive-compulsive disorder led to him categorizing them in the way that he did. And thank God for his obsessive-compulsive disorder because it helped me actually put it in... uh, It helped me organize it in a way that... Um, that helped me categorize my notes as well. Um, throughout my, before I, we dive into the list that he has provided to everyone that listened to that seminar, I want to give you a little bit of back history of my research. Um, throughout my research, every time I would start digging up Bigfoot, 
um, folklore, folk, uh, Bigfoot, um, legends, and not even just going as far back as the folklore and legends, but even, um, reports and interviews from people because as odd as it sounds, it's not that hard to find, uh, interviews of people who have encountered, um, Bigfoot. And when you start looking or when you start taking notes, not just listening to the Bigfoot interviews and you start taking notes, thorough notes while listening to them and you compare the notes of each interview, you realize that they're talking about several different types of Bigfoot. And that's how I was categorizing them. I was like, okay, well, this one clearly wasn't the same kind as this one. And this one matches more like this one kind of fits more along this one, but was more aggressive. And that's kind of how I was doing it. And as I was looking over the interviews that I was able to find and listen to and take notes on, and I was looking through the folklore and the legends and all that stuff, I kept coming upon these things that were called giants. And a lot of people like out there are probably like, yeah, well, the giants were stick giants and stuff. Those are Bigfoot. No, they're not. Mountain giants, stick giants, those aren't Bigfoot. Um, they're, they're something entirely different, and we'll get into that. But um, my, my research kept leading me to the giants and the Bigfoot being separate, and the giants kept coming up and coming up and coming up. But then the more I dug, the more I kept coming up with not only the giants and the Bigfoot, but then I started finding, you know, these little people as well. And one thing that really struck me as odd was I wasn't going out of my way to look for these uh, giants or these little people while I was looking for Bigfoot. They were just coming up while I was looking for it. My research was leading me down those rabbit holes. Uh, And one of which... Um, in one of the folklores was mentioned as a hide behind. Um, or a peekaboo. And as best as I can, as best as I can figure, I believe the hide behind or the peekaboo um, maybe attributed, maybe, um, actually what 
people are what people saw back then what people translated from a a wood gnome or a nymph or a puckwudgie and that's you know we'll touch more base on that here in a minute but um I still have to gather quite a bit of information. I need to make my way over to my local library and find uh, my favorite book that I hid in the archives section and uh, do some more digging and copying of the pages because you can't take the book out of the library. Amazing as that is, it's only for uh, studying. You can't actually take the book out. But... um, So, these, uh, this research just kept unfolding and getting weirder and weirder. So, without further ado, um, let's dive into this. So, you have the way, uh, Matt described it, and we all knew that there were, or I knew of at least. I I knew of at least four or five different kinds. I had it narrowed down to at least five different kinds. Um, and I had it categorized as aggressive, shy, mildly aggressive, and this is how this is how I had my uh, this is how I had my. Uh, my category. This is how I had it all categorized: shy, aggressive, uh, mildly aggressive, and rabid. So that's how I had it all set up. Um, after listening to Matt, I realized that there's a lot more that goes into it. Um, so here's the subspecies and the list that he has handed down and it makes a lot more sense and thanks to his list I've actually comprised of a hierarchy if you will or a theoretical hierarchy let's put it that way a theoretical hierarchy of how this may actually play out if um, and I'll pull that out as well theoretical hierarchy as to how I think um, things may work in the construct of um, of their tribe or family, if you will. Now, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't subscribe to the whole belief that there's an alpha male here's the thing I get the term alpha might not be appropriate because that means that you have to subscribe to the fact that or you believe that you have to subscribe to the fact that uh, they're more animal than human 
but let me let me put it let it let me put it out there let me put it out there for everybody who has an issue with that term um alpha is not a bad or derogatory term um me and my friends we call ourselves alphas um for a very specific reason um we're leaders okay we're leaders we're not followers um we have a symbol on our body that points us out as alphas people come up to us and they see that symbol and they know who we are (laughs) pardon me um So, it's become, in the world today, it's become no longer okay to be male-dominant or alpha. The world society, see, the society sees the world today as it's only okay to be a beta or we have to over-feminize men. And that's wrong, okay? The only way we're going to save the world is if we keep the alpha and beta and omega um, construct. Now, the way the alpha, beta, and omega construct work is simple. You have your alpha, which is the dominant male. You have your beta, which is the right hand or the second in command. Then you have your omega. Your omega is usually is usually in that in that construct is the mate, the wife. Okay. Now the way this works is they all three play an equal and uh very uh, an equal and very, uh, what's the word, very demanding and unique role in the makeup of that construct. Without the omega, the alpha is no longer the alpha. Without the beta, there can be no alpha. Without the alpha, there's no beta, and there's no omega. So, you see what I'm saying there? Um, obviously, you take the alpha away, the beta becomes the alpha, but then you still need to find another beta. You have to have that triangular shape, that pyramid, if you will. It's always been a pyramid. Alpha, beta, omega. And it is always that way. Now there is always a surrounding pack around our tribe or clan or family, if you will, around the alpha, beta, omega system. And it still works that way even with humans. Okay? You have your alpha male. You have your dominant masculine male, and then you have 
the backup or the right hand guy, the uncle or the friend that has the alphas back when things go sideways. And then you have the omega, the the matriarch of the family. And sometimes the alpha male is the, you know, sometimes the alpha male is the matriarch. That's totally fine, whatever. But this is the way it has been since the dawn of time. There's an alpha, beta, and omega. And it works that way even in human families. In healthy human families, the Alpha, Beta, Omega system works. When there's a dominant male, a right-hand ma- a right-hand person, someone that they can rely on to have their back, and a supportive, significant other, the family will surround them and support them it works now that we have that out of the way now that I've explained why I use the term alpha let's dive into this okay you have we're going to rewind a little bit the ten subspecies of Bigfoot you have your four most basic okay we're going to touch base on those real quick four most basic are your patty types and um, they call them the patty type because of the Pat Patterson Gimlin film um, most anybody who's anybody now has seen the Patterson Gimlin film um, if you haven't uh, log on to YouTube and uh, type in Bigfoot and put Gimlin It'll pull up the Patterson Gimlin film. Uh, that's what the patty type is. Uh, they're very bu- they're very bulky, uh, for the most part passive, kind of shy like. Usually range around seven and a half to eight feet tall. They can get up to nine feet in height. Usually dark in color, sometimes auburn hair. Okay, these are the type that will usually do like wood knocks, um, whoops from a distance. They'd rather um, interact with you from a distance or just leave you alone. They really don't want to have a whole lot of interaction with you. So they'll more than likely just watch you and try to stay away from you. They're afraid of humans for obvious reasons they see humans come into their territory and kill they more than likely been shot at a few times so um and it's very likely that the passiveness comes from them not being shot out as often as the other one I'm going to talk about right now. Now, um, 
we're going to skip two and three. We're going to move right on down to number four. Number four is what we what um, we refer to as a Neanderthal type. Um, this one is a lot like number one. Um, the only difference is they have more of a clean-shaven face. Still bulky, still same size and color. Um, but looks a lot more human than ape. And a lot more aggressive, probably due to their run-in with, uh, well, this is my theory. I think it's due to their run-in with aggressive hunters or due to their run-in with the military. It's no secret that the military knows that they exist, or the government knows that they exist, and it's no secret that... We've had several whistleblowers come out stating that they have worked alongside the military exterminating some of these creatures. So some of these Neanderthal types might be uh, aggressive due to the byproduct of extermination or attempted extermination. So that's my theory on why they may be super aggressive versus their less aggressive passive patty type now back to number two these are your limber um they these are your limber they're still very tall around seven and a half eight foot kind of but rather than being bulky they're really limber they're kind of you know they're more slim they're able to climb trees but they are aggressive uh or they can be aggressive. They're very, these are what um, people refer to as wood boogers. Um, and wood boogers are usually seen down in Ohio. Um, the difference between the wood boogers and one and four are wood boogers are never usually seen by themselves. They're usually experienced in a tribe or a family pack. And when you experience them, you know it because they make really loud sounds. They make trees move. They torture you. They will pick off chickens. They'll kill your dogs. Um, they make a lot of ruckus when they come through. They try everything in their power to keep you out of the woods. So that's the wood booger. Next, we have the Gugwe. Now, the Gugwe um, has a couple of names. The, the, the Gugwe, I like saying Gugwe because it's just a fun name. It's not as um, intimidating as the other names. This one has been given another name by locals as Bear Man because it looks more like a upright walking bear. Um, the other name... And the reason it looks like an upright walking bear is because of its protruding snout. Most Bigfoot have a flattened nose, kind of like that of a gorilla. This one actually has a protruding snout, much like that of a baboon. Um, this is still really built, really bulky, um, almost like a bodybuilder. Okay. Um, now... This one is incredibly aggressive. This is the type, when you hear those reports that, uh, well, this Bigfoot was 
down in the cemetery digging up a body. Okay, that's this thing. Or this Bigfoot was... Uh, the, the bears were scared of this Bigfoot or this Bigfoot was, looked like it was wearing a bear skin. That's this Bigfoot. Okay? That's this type of Bigfoot. This Bigfoot has been known to actually wear bear skin because it kills bears. Bears are intimidated by this particular Bigfoot. Um, it's very aggressive, very mean, and it has been. there have been reports of it actually killing people um now much like this one we're going to go straight into five because we've already covered one four two and three we're going to go straight into five because this would be much like a grizzly bear or a kodiak type uh bigfoot we're going to go straight into the polar bear type bigfoot that's right we're talking about what many would consider the yeti um, we're actually talking about the Wendigo, the the Wendigo. Um, now, the Wendigo um, is exclusively carnivorous. It doesn't have fingers um, like most of them. It actually has claws. There are reports of human attacks and deaths, and it is really um, prone to the frozen tundra. Uh, the color on this one would be, you guessed it, gray, white in color. Um, so there's your two most aggressive, I would, I would guess, I would speculate anyway. Um, then we jump over here to number six. Now, number six, this is where I was talking about. Where my research kept taking me, um, the giants. Now, there's another lady that um, Matt talked about in his speech. Her name was Cat Hansen. Cat Hansen. She does a talk. Uh, she does a couple of talks about these guys. She calls them district managers, which I think was a little was quite helpful on me laying out my um hierarchy as well so i gotta give her a shout out to um if you ever get a chance i think you guys should check out their pages their youtube channels so give matt squatch and cat hansen and uamn tv give them all a check give you know go to their channels um, log on, check out their stuff. They got really credible stuff, really inf informative stuff. Um, you know, it's really helped me come a long way in my, in organizing my stuff and helped me along the right path anyway, I feel anyway. So, like I said, the giants kept coming up and when I refer to the giants, I kept coming up with the Nephilim. Now, I know, Nephilim. Ooh, now we're getting into the biblical stuff. Yes, we are getting into the biblical stuff because they are mentioned in the Bible. And, um, as you all know, in the Bible, they are taught to have 
uh, scarlet red hair, double rows of teeth, six digits on toes and hands. They are actual beings. They have been found. Bodies have been discovered. Some right here in my hometown of Utah. Um, but they don't all have scarlet red hair. Only, um, only a few of them do. Um, so they don't all have scarlet red hair. Only, you know, some of them were found with scarlet red hair. Those were the ones that were recorded in the Bible. But they all, all Nephilim do have double rows of teeth and six digits. So that's important to note. These are the mountain giants that are always referred to when I'm researching um, Bigfoot or the stick giants or the stone giants. These are what's being referred to, the cannibalistic giants that the Paiute Indians smoked out Okay, in Arizona. These are what they smoked out. So the district managers and... I'll get, I'm going to explain the hierarchy here in a minute. Um, now we'll go down to number seven. Number seven would be the skunk ape. Um, it is important to note that foul odors are, are um, pretty widespread amongst all Bigfoot, but the skunk ape is probably the smelliest um, at least according to reports. Um, and the most interesting thing about the skunk ape is while the rest of these have pretty, a pretty, uh, concise look, most of them look gorilla-like, um, with the exception of the Gugwee, who looks more like a baboon. Um, you have your wood booger, who looks like... Actually, the wood booger would probably look more chimpanzee because it's l more limber. Um, you got your uh, skunk ape down in Florida, who looks like an orangutan. So, you have that one. Uh... Then we jump over here to number eight, the devil monkey. Now this one actually looks more like a hybrid. Um, kind of resembles a baboon and a dog mixed. Um, theories are circling around that this could be the uh, the uh, spawning for the legend of the chupacabra. Um, I'm actually working on a theory where this could be the, um, this could be the, um, this could be where the whole legend of the Jersey Devil came from. Um, I haven't done a whole lot more research since I found out about this subspecies, so we'll I'll probably do an entire episode on the devil monkey once I do some more research on that. Um, but we will leave that to uh, another episode. Uh, the grass man. Okay, I need to put in a correction here. I mistakenly put 
Ohio with the wood booger and um, apparently I had my states mixed up so I need to find my I need to go back through my notes um, Well, I have the grass. Well, I think I actually think I'm right on that. Um, because I have, looking at my notes, I have wood booger in Ohio. So I also have the grass man, which is also in Ohio. Um, now the interesting thing about gra the grass man, the grass man. I don't know a whole lot about the grass man. Um. But looking at some of the pictures that are being circled around about the Grassman, or for the Grassman, looks more human than it looks Bigfoot related. So this one, um, according to this, according to the, uh, according to Matt, um, this is a dark-skinned, hair-covered, feral, human-sized wild person. Um, and they're often seen in groups. Um, so this very well could be an indigenous tribe of people, possibly the hairy people. Um, there is a Netflix TV show called, uh, I have to look it up. I think it's called Harry, but it actually... talks about an indigenous tribe of people that would fit this specific style of people and they're really closely related to or from what I could gather they were pretty closely related to Bigfoot from the show um, it was a really good watch I watched it because I'm really into that kind of stuff um, I'll find out what the movie what the show is and um, I'll talk about it in my next episode running short on time here um but we'll just wrap this up with the next uh with the next uh subspecies now this brings me to the little people that i also mentioned earlier on um or like i said the hide behinds which i believe they are the wood gnomes the nymphs of the forest, the puckwudgies. Now these little guys only get to three feet tall. So, and they're very, very hard to see. They're very hard to find. If you do see them, now according to legend, they used to be very nice to the human race. Something happened. I don't know exactly what happened. If it was our desire to go into the woods and kill everything if it was our desire to cut the forest down i don't know if it was the industrial revolution that made them turn against us something happened they stopped being nice and now they abduct the people that they see so 
There is a turn in the legend that says to stay... If you see a Pukwudgie, you're doomed. Okay? Used to be a good thing, now it's no longer a good thing. So if you see a Pukwudgie, uh, you're done. Uh, okay, so here's the hierarchy that I've got figured out. Or my theoretical hierarchy. So, I did mention, before I go into this, I did mention that uh, I roughly threw in the Dogman and the Rougarou at number 11. Uh, It's not really a subspecies, but it is a cryptid, and it does seem to be roughly surrounded with Bigfoot and where Bigfoot activity is held, so it's in there. Um, and the reason I threw it in is because I needed it to be part of the hierarchy. Now, you have the district manager, the mountain giants. They sit at the top of the hierarchy, okay? Then you have your bear man and your wendigo. That's your Kodiak and your polar bears. They're the right below that. They're the most aggressive, so they're going to be the ones that really kick ass. If they can't keep everybody else in line the district manager is going to step in then you got your grass man now these are the the reason the grass man is back there and the skunk ape is back over there is because these two are the most the most curious and the most elusive I say the most curious and elusive is because very few sightings of the skunk cape have happened. And the grass man... Well, the grass man is as close to human form as you can get, but still ha- say you've seen Bigfoot. You know what I mean? So, this, I think, is the result of being abducted by a Pukwudgie and becoming part of this tribe part of this entire conglomeration that's a working theory I'm working on so alright now that I've thrown that into the mix and kind of made your mind melt a little bit here we go we have number 8 the chupacabra which is go with me here uh, or the devil monkey. A lot of the times I've heard I've heard people say that they've seen a Bigfoot, but they also say that they've seen it with some kind of dog or dog hybrid or a wolf-like thing. Or if they see Bigfoot, they in certain parts of the in certain parts of the world they see the what they referred to as the devil or the Jersey devil. So I'm wondering if he's not, if the devil monkey isn't acting as kind of, I don't want to say pet, but as a uh, companion, if you will, for number one and number four. Okay. 
Number one being your patties. Number four being your Neanderthals. Now your wood boogers. Your wood boogers are the sentinels. They're the ones on the tree lines trying to... Uh, trying to make sure that uh, the wood knocks are appropriate, the the noise stays loud, the screaming is annoyingly scary, and, you know, trying to keep people as far away from the rest of those as possible, okay? On the outskirts, you have your puckwudgies. When and if anyone sees the puckwudgie, they become a grass man and then also on the other side of that spectrum you have your rougarous or your dogman now it has been rumored that the dogman is of spirit not of this earth and if that is the case then it would all almost make even more sense that they're on the same plane as the puckwudgie because it's rumored that the puckwudgie is of spirit as well and that is why it's very rare to see a puck wedgie because um, it's almost just as rare to see a rougarou or a dogman um, but back in uh, Egyptian times Anubis was Anubis soldiers were uh, the guards. They were the keepers or the roundup, if you will. So the dogmen are the ones that keep guard or... Sorry. Or round up the unruly. So when... Hunters get too, when people get too close or the Bigfoot get unruly, a dogman comes out and does clean up. It's kind of a natural order of things. And if it gets too ungodly, then a district manager comes in, takes out an alpha, replaces him with another, and then everything is back as it should be. And that is my theory on the hierarchy of the tribe that is the Bigfoot and the cryptids that surround himself. Hope you guys enjoy it. Enjoyed this episode. This is Heavy Ham, and I'll catch you again on the flip side. Can't wait for another episode. Y'all stay bundled up. See you tomorrow.